Welcome to the Friday Fraudster Podcast with Kelly Paxton, pink collar crime expert, Joe Irvin, your person for all things ethics, and Robert Barry, the guy who helps you ask better questions. Join them as they discuss sad, funny, and sometimes disturbing fraud stories. Be sure to catch past episodes on your favorite podcasting platform or go to www.fridayfraudster.com and grab some CPE while you're there. Woo, well, welcome to episode number 91. I think I put 901 in the title. I'm, I'm foreshadowing that we're going to be around for that long, right? <laughs> so, Kelly, jo- <laughs> So look, you guys, Joe is a college professor now. And Joe, what, today's the first day of class, right, Kelly? Oh, oh, I don't know. Was the first day week? on a Friday? No, no, no. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not today. Something's going on today, I think, with school. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm getting right. old, so I, I I don't remember as much as I used to. So, okay, okay. Sorry, so if I were a student and someone said Friday's the first day of school, I'm like, yes. Maybe it's the first week. Maybe that's what it is. Look at we have all sorts of people today. I love this. Stephanie yeah, we do. Oh my gosh! Don't worry, Stephanie. We're here. We are here. Like Stephanie, who? and even if we're not here, I'll bring in artificial intelligence to do an episode. Did you see the Christmas episode? Go back. <laughs> go back and check that one out. Carol is here. Thomas is here. Hey, so look, look, Kelly Galena. I got a question I want to ask you guys. So, Kelly, you've written a book, right? Now It's an amazing what? book. I, I so enjoyed it. Truly enjoyed it. Thank you. It is. It's a really good book. Why don't you tell everybody the title of your book, Kelly? Um, yes. Embezzlement, How to Prevent, Detect, and Investigate Pink Collar Crime. But you guys, you know what's so funny? I have been to the post office over 50 times mailing my book, Media Mail. I send it either in a white envelope with pink ink or a pink envelope. Not once has a postal clerk mentioned anything until yesterday. And yesterday it was a newer clerk and she's like, oh, look, you have pink ink. And then I pull out my little wallet that is pink that I bought with um, Mary Dodge in Denver. And I said, yeah, well, my book is pink too. And so she, um, she's like, I'm going to buy it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to just drop one off. She was like so cute about it. I have never had anyone ask me. And yesterday was the first time. And she's, and I explained pink color crime, which I'm on a little bit of a tear today. Someone mansplained me on LinkedIn and I am on a tear. So oh, wow. um, they did what? They mansplained me. According you to you, do, do tell. I have no idea. I'm he doesn't like the term collared crimes. He doesn't like collars. He doesn't oh, like geez. white collar. He hates um, red collar, and he really hates pink collar. And so, so I'm what does he want? Like round neck crime? I mean, what? Did, sorry. You know what? My was thing he, is, was he part of the white collar crime ring? <laughs> I don't. So I want to ask you guys in the chat. Um, I could tell people I'm an embezzlement expert, or I could say I'm the pink collar crime lady. And if you met me for the first time, would you go, oh, that's interesting for, oh, I'm an embezzlement expert? Or would you no. say, oh, what's pink collar crime? Exactly. 
The second so, one is the best one. Well, and you know what? The whole idea, I didn't coin the term pink collar crime and he's just on a tear. I didn't coin the made term. It better. But if it gets people's attention to the problem, I'm good with it. Would I rather say I'm the embezzlement expert? Yeah. And people are going to go boring. But if I say I'm the pink collar crime lady and I show up in pink, they're going to be interested. So, okay, Sri, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come up with well, it. And I get crap by all the time. Look perfect. So, uh, Kelly, I mean, seriously, is he engaging with you on like comments or something like that? or in a private messages. If it's in the comments, that's like an advertisement. I mean, you know, they say that no press is bad press or like that, whatever. All press is Literally. good press. So I would just be like, yes, this is what, this is who I am. This is my message. Take it or leave it, but I'm not changing. But thank you for your feedback. I'm solicited. <laughs> well, so, no, no, let me ask you, let me ask you, Kelly. Why did you write your book? <clears throat> Because so many people wanted me to write my book and the stories and like Dan Ramey has his students read it and they love it and it makes it relatable. So I, I wanted to, I want to normalize, not the crime of pink collar crime. I want people to understand it happens and they're no victim shaming. And I, I'm doing a podcast in a couple of weeks with um, another podcaster and our whole talk was today about trust and not victim shaming but of course we victim shame who theranos people oh. yeah so so leslie just said she was on a webinar and they mentioned you so that's a good thing so look you wrote your book because people were asking you to write it because the subject was something that people needed to know about and i imagine that that's why most people end up writing books. So now let me ask you and everyone listening a question. So first, let me set up a scenario for you. Picture a partner in a CPA firm that is losing money and he decides to write a book to supercharge his career and to boost the, the, the firm's notoriety and credibility. And so when he does that, he ends up going on speaking engagements. The firm starts to now become profitable again and making a bunch of money. That happens a lot of times, right? People write books and they get notoriety. That notoriety then hopefully brings them income, although my book hasn't done that yet for me. I mean, people seem to like it, but it hadn't brought me the notoriety to be a worldwide traveler and a millionaire yet. By the way, there's my book right there in case anybody was wondering right there. And it's great. Thank you. Thank you. Ask better questions, get better answers, perform better artists. So now we've got this partner in a CPA firm. He decides to write a book to bring some notoriety to the firm and it actually works. So now my question is, what happens if we find out that he paid a ghostwriter $30,000 to actually write the book? How do you feel about that? And people in the chat listening, tell me, how do you feel? What is your initial thought on that, Galena? What's your thought on that? I don't care. He found a care? way. No, he found a way to to make money. And did he break the law? No. Was it ethical? But wait, finish that sentence. Was it ethical? Yeah, was it ethical? I don't know. <laughs> right? There's a lot of ghostwriters out there. Right. And my daughter hey, actually Prince Harry, Prince Harry, just Prince Harry. Hello. 
how many millions he made, right? And someone said he had the best ghost writer. Yeah. I, I asked my daughter, because she listens to a podcast about books. And, um, you know, people don't say they use ghostwriters, but apparently this podcast is like, oh, yeah, that's a ghostwriter. And I said something about Obama, and this is not political at all. And she's like, oh, no, he he would never let a ghostwriter touch his stuff. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So Galena said, doesn't bother her because, well, it's not illegal. And Kelly says that there are a lot of ghost writers around. I do agree with that. So I'm curious, you guys listening on YouTube, LinkedIn, what do you think? What happened? What happens in that situation and how do you feel about it? Now, this is my man, Jay Anthony. He says he should have disclosed it. He could be compromised by his ghostwriter or others. Okay. So, so far we have several different opinions about someone who used a ghostwriter to write a book and didn't disclose that they actually used a ghostwriter. Hmm. I mean, well. I'm, an, I'm a CPA, right? I'm, I, I'm like amazing, you know, at, at accounting, you know, I know everything about debits and credits, but, oh, by the way, I also have this incredible gift of writing. You know, all of a sudden, they Wait just gave I do. <laughs> and I'm a CPA. <laughs> <laughs> I well, write all you, my stuff. So wait a second. Are you telling us about your story about yourself? Or no, I'm saying I actually do write all of my stuff. <laughs> who um who paid for it? The partner or the firm? Ooh, see that there's another good question. Hmm. The partner paid for it out of his own pocket. I mean, the only thing I see is, you know, if he's been using stories that came from the practice when he was employed or is employed, right? So the stories are not really his stories, but someone that is currently employing him, then, I mean, that could be probably an area I would look into. Okay. But other than that, I mean, is, is it why why can't he like what's stopping him from narrating the stories uh from his experience you know even if you hire a ghostwriter <clears throat> now thomas says that if the main writer doesn't care and he knew the plans then he's okay with it to be honest he also said but i rare but i also rarely buy books because a celebrity wrote it and stephanie says People respect you more when you're open and honest. If you don't disclose, we wonder what else someone is being dishonest about. So this brings up a difference between something being morally right and legally right. Because, I mean, realistically, the scenario I just presented to you is not against the law. It's very much so okay. But ethically, some people may have an issue with it. Now... You're probably wondering, why in the world are we talking about books? We're talking about books because today's story, whew, 
Wow. It's pretty interesting. Today's story, an Italian man pleads guilty to book fraud. Filippo Bernardard, Bernardard, Bernard, doggone it, I'm gonna mess that last name up. <laughs> Let's say Mr. B. He's a 30-year publishing, he's a 30-year-old 30 publishing year old. industry. 30-year-old, yes. He's a 30-year-old publishing industry worker, formerly living in London. Now, he faces one charge of Hal's favorite crime, wire fraud, for engineering a multi-year scheme. Well... He faces up to 20 years in prison, and he's already agreed to pay $88,000 in restitution. But you want to know what he did. They say that from around August of 2016, he used his knowledge of the publishing industry to purchase a bunch of internet domain names that were similar to publishing company uh, uh, web addresses. He used them to, well, trick up-and-coming authors and even some famous authors. For example, um, oops, hold on one second. For example, um, Margaret Atwood. Now, some of you may have heard of her. She wrote, what did she write? Anybody know what she wrote? Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. So he actually tricked her. So he would send them emails asking for manuscripts using those fake websites. He would also uh, have them log in to his fake websites, which were similar in name to the actual publishing house that they were looking for. Then he would get their username and passwords, which also allowed him to go and get manuscripts. So what do you think, Galena Kelly? Well, this is a tie-in to my podcast that's going to drop on Tuesday. So mm -hmm. I did a podcast episode with an email kind of uh, just email company. And we talked at the end, no spoilers, about the Frank case, the um, JP Morgan. And they're like, it would have taken us 20 minutes to figure out that those email addresses are fake. So again, in this case, it's like, you know, there's some things that are so basic that we don't even think about them. And like, this is one, email addresses. How many email addresses do you guys have? Hmm. Just a couple. <laughs> How about you, Galena? I use that hide my email a lot. So, yeah. Function. Oh, well, on average, people have about five. But you have one that is the stickiest. So it, it's actually because of the Frank case and then this case, you guys, our emails go with us wherever we go, wherever yes. we go, yeah. they will go with us. Yeah. And so, and we can use them to prevent fraud. Three. Yeah. Personal and business. Yep. Three. I have five, but I have one or two that I have my first email address ever that I still use for junk. Like just sign up for Pottery Barns, get 10% off. Give us your email address. Now, what is that? A Yahoo, an AOL? What is Hotmail. it? Hotmail. Yeah, mine is a Hotmail as well that it's been around for forever. And I just, I can't get rid of it because there's so much junk in there. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So now here's was, oh, wait, wait. 
Did you tell us what the pod? Oh yeah, you did. Just tell us what the podcast episode it is. It drop be on about. Tuesday, episode one or Drop on Tuesday. Great women in fraud. Wait, no. No fraud. Fraudish now. I was about to say, have we changed yeah. the name? I gotta send you new pictures. Yeah, you gotta send me a new picture. Oops, let me take that off. So here's the other thing with that too, though. Companies who are doing business and who are on the internet need to have what I call wraparound domain names. See, I think auditors should know how to audit a bunch of different things. And I'm actually an expert at auditing social media. Your website is social media. You should have wraparound domain names. So for example, if you are walmart.com, you should have walmarts.com. You should have allmarts.com. Because what he was doing was he was actually setting up websites that looked like the real publishing houses websites. Then by by proxy, he had access to email accounts that would be off by like one letter or one digit or whatever. And so when people went to the internet to see if he was a real company, they would see what looked like that publishing houses website because it was a spoof website, essentially. In order to prevent that, you get a wraparound domain name for your business. When you have that wraparound domain name for your business, then people cannot spoof your company. So it's a great point. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> really, again, really and if point. anyone out there listening is interested in me coming in and training their audit staff on how to do a social media audit, again, we're talking about the back end business processes, not looking at your content. We're looking at the back end processes such as domain name management. Give me a call because this is easy. This is preventable here. What say you, yeah. Galena? Well, I mean, no, those are excellent points. But, you know, going back to your story, um, he was convicted. He pled guilty. And I think the sentencing is going to be just under two years. I think he's going to serve under two years in prison. Um, they recommended between 15 and 21 months. Um, he's going to pay a restitution of a few thousand dollars, but then there's also that $88,000 on top. But <clears throat> no one knows why, right? That's the biggest question. Why did you do that? Because those money manuscripts did not end up anywhere, right? So it, it almost seems like he still has them. And so there is a conspiracy theory out there that um, he is, there's someone else, right? There's a co-conspirator and something else is, there's something bigger than that, right? But I want to get a little bit political here. And I want to say that he and George Santos can probably get together. <laughs> that was great. So now, now, for those who don't know who George Santos is, he's a U.S. senator who has been caught fabricating. 34 years a lot of old. 34 years old. Yeah, he, he's been caught fabricating a lot of things. He he lied about where he went to school, allegedly lied about where he went to school, uh, the companies that he worked for on his publicly available resume, because a lot of that stuff is public record. How you do that and not think that you won't get caught is, is beyond me. So I have to read something from the um, <laughs> U.S. District Attorney for Southern District of New York. You got to give it to the lawyers, man. Where's Hal when I need him? He's going to laugh at me making fun of it. Uh, praise law enforcement and prosecutors for writing, quote, the final chapter to Bernardini's man manuscript theft theme. Oh, what a punster. Oh, such a punster. Like, you know, 
Did he think that was clever? Did he work like how many six minute increments to figure that little pun out? Somebody got paid a lot of money to write that pun. Yeah. I mean, it's it also goes to the point, how much money did they spend on um, prosecuting this individual? Right. I mean, this is how much of taxpayers money they spent on this um, for it's intellectual property crime. Right. I mean, obviously, artists should be protected uh, for their products, et cetera. But um, I mean, to me, it's just wild. They spent almost uh, a year two years, I think. I, I don't recall how long they've they've done this, but it's like a wild amount of time for writing the final chapter. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it took them a while. Is it the final chapter, or will there be an epilogue? What will this epilogue? Be? <laughs> sequel. <laughs> God, here's, what's, We're here's what really We're got just me as though. Bad as the lawyers. They, they initially wanted to charge him, or he has been charged with wire fraud. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. Because I'm assuming either he did exchange some money, like he, you know, like ransomware. He said, pay me this money to get your manuscript back. There was no ransomware. No, there was no ransomware. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So where did the wire fraud come in unless it was just the fact that he used electronic means, you know, like websites and email? So so Miss Atwood, the, the writer, one of the writers, she's from Canada. Yes. So I'm curious, you know, and, and she's was one of the victims. Right. So I'm curious, you know, if, if something, you know, there's some kind of exchange occur there. I mean, potentially. Right. That's just the first thing that comes in my mind. But um, I mean, yeah. Very, very true. Very, very true. All right. So Benita has joined us today. Hello, Benita. So, Benita, we just celebrated 100 episodes of the book club yesterday. So if you don't know about the book club, we do it every Thursday live on LinkedIn at what time? 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. And the good thing about it is if you're like me and you're lazy, you don't have to read the book because Benita will read the book for us. But um, in, in all seriousness, I do read most of the books or listen to most of the books and join in on the discussion. But it's very fun. If you're just looking for a fun book club, then you need to come to Bonita's Book Club every Thursday, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Now back to the story on the Friday Fraudster, episode 901. <laughs> so today, a gentleman was accused of, um, well, stealing manuscripts. And he went through like a... <clears throat> yeah, he done. went through a, a, a huge <laughs> scheme just to do it. He built fake websites obtained fake email addresses and tricked people into um, sending him manuscripts and we still don't really know why. It 160 domains, right? I mean, if you think about it, even if 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 they're resembling famous publisher, you know, houses, websites, right? They're, they're going to cost some money. So, and plus you have to renew them on annual or however long basis. So that's, a, that's, there's some money right there. So yeah. again, going back to why, you know, what, what is the point? And even though he admitted that, yes, I did it, you know, it's wrong. There's still no why. <laughs> so anyone out there, any, any, anything in the comments, you guys, let us know. What, what do you think? Why he did that? I think he's a groupie. 
Ooh, oh, what? There's another name for it, but I won't say it because this is a G-rated podcast. <laughs> but let's just say star something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and because he not only targeted unknown authors, but also famous people. Apparently, the actor Ethan Hawke was one of the people that got caught up in this web as well. So maybe he was attention starved and, and, and wanted some fame. It's just weird. You know what it makes me think about? I don't know if you guys ever saw The Devil Wears Prada, but um, the Anne Hathaway character had to get a manuscript of Harry Potter for the woman's son. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of funny about that. Um, well, and you know, people people steal books. Like, um, you know, maybe he thought he was going to sell these down the road, like, you know, first edition or, you know, signed manuscripts or something. Maybe he just got caught before his full grift yeah. could be profitable. Yeah, and Jay Anthony is saying if he intercepts the books and then get it, gets it published elsewhere, you know, but goodness, it's weird because getting a book published is 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 a huge deal and there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. You could have a really good manuscript that doesn't get published because the publishing company thinks that you don't have a big enough social media following or and then there yeah. are a lot of crappy books that get published based on someone's name. So that's why I can't I can't reconcile like why did he do it? I have a like what do you think about if if do manuscript like are can are all manuscripts published everywhere in the world worldwide like i just had this crazy idea what if he was working for isis you know or you know like wanting to yeah. wanting to publish this um you know in talent like i mean i doubt it you know because <laughs> taliban is very you know it's let's not go there, but I mean, there are parts of the world that have, the, you know, people just can't get access to our books here. So now, this is <laughs> a good the point. Other this thing is, is like, did you guys see the Melissa McCarthy movie where she forged authors notes, letters? Oh, yes. Yeah. So maybe he was like, maybe he had a grand scheme of things. Now, here's a good point. He may want to post the book on sites and get paid when people download the book. Yeah. But I thought about that. But my only thing against that is usually with those sites, there's a book that's already popular and famous that's out there. And then you sell these bootleg copies, unless you're saying, which this is a good thought, maybe after the books got famous, he would already have the manuscript and it'd be easy for him to do it in a PDF and sell it on those sites. So he was a forward thinking criminal. He was forward thinking. That's what it was. It was system two instead of system one thinking. <laughs> well, all right, you guys. We are going to wrap up the show this week. But we want to thank everybody for joining us. Look, this week, who really wrote the book that you're reading? This person stole manuscripts. We still can't figure out why. Uh, they're going to serve some time and they're going to pay restitution. But the amount of work they put into doing this crime just seems odd. Is very odd. And listen to Kelly's podcast on Tuesday because you'll see how they could have been able to tell that the email addresses were fake in a heartbeat because she has a great interview with a great organization that helps companies with that kind of work. Kelly, do you have a do you have a website or a link to your podcast? Can you drop it in the notes, comments? 
Um, I, I would love to listen if you have it. Um, <clears throat> Very interesting. That, that Frank case right now, JP Morgan. Yeah, absolutely. Let me see. I will quickly do it. Awesome. Control C. And then. I'll All right. So, Bonita said her mind is blown. So, now while we're here, you guys, if you come across any stories you'd like for us to talk about in only the way that we can, send them to us. We'll be glad to cover them because this is just fun for us. Aren't you guys having fun here with us? By the way, if you really like us, go to Apple, Spotify, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Give us a five-star rating and then tell people why you actually like the show too. So until next week, see you guys later. <laughs>